Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. That's it, this whole episode. <laughs> Hey, George. <laughs> That's all staying in. There's no way in hell I'm cutting any of that. Oh, no. So we're in it now? Oh, oh no. We're, hi, yeah, Ryan. we're in it. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet. This, we are professionals, man. We, we, are, we are on point. I can't think of any other acceptable way to start an episode about GoldenEye. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's that's great. It's just kind of like somebody somebody being like, you know, oh, although the little people, kids in in Springfield are a little SOBs. But Gabo, stop! No, 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 they're all little SOBs. It's just that, that's where I, where I'm at. Right, now. it's fine. It's cool. I'll stand by it. All the kids in Springfield are a little SOBs. Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, I have, I have nothing to add. They're all terrible. So we 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 played uh, Goldeneye 007, which yeah, from, you, you know when you read like a, a legal document or like a, an, an academic document or something, and it has a giant series of words, and then in parentheses, it's got the acronym that they will then use for the rest of the document. Uh, that is how I plan to do this, because GoldenEye 007 is technically the full title of this game, and I will never call it that again. No, because it's, it's GoldenEye. It's GoldenEye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's GoldenEye. I mean, to be fair, they they, I guess... I mean, but no, I mean, all of the Bond films, they do just refer to the the working title, not, you know, James Bond colon Goldfinger. It's just Goldfinger, you know? Uh, you only live once. Yeah, you only died seven times or whatever. You only died yeah. 007 times. No, I'm, so <laughs> here's the thing is once you get into the realm of like Harry Potter and the quest for Goldeneye, right? It's Harry Potter yeah. and the quest to open a bakery. Like you don't, <laughs> you don't, call like it's too much but the full title of all the harry potter books is harry potter and whatever but i'm actually not sure for the bond movies i know for goldeneye it's goldeneye 007 because when i was grabbing uh the wikipedia article to put into the show notes i was like oh it's goldeneye 007 and the episode slug for this is definitely just goldeneye i should update that because otherwise someone will notice it and they will well actually me on the internet i I just i can't have that but for the purposes of actually saying it out loud it's just goldeneye yes and and so while you were talking about whatever you were talking about um i went ahead and googled a list of bond movies and even (laughs) even google knows better than to just you know, it, it, it just lists Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball. You only live twice. Um, but, I, but I don't you know. think they're James Bond, colon, whatever. Like that, if that's true, that would be exceptionally weird. Like, yeah, I think it's James Bond and the Deathly Hallows. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's always 007. So it's like 007, Diamonds Are Forever. You know, because 007 is always on, or almost always on the box art. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, the yeah. marketing gets weird the more words you shove into a franchise title. Yep, but anyway, so we, we played this game. What are your nostalgia goggles for this game? 
so this game came out right at the top of the N64 uh, life cycle, like right when it was kind of really hitting its stride, right? So August 25th, mm-hmm. 1997, I had a lot of friends who had this game, but of course I didn't have an N64. So I have memories of playing this game, right? Like I, I went to friend's house and, and we did the death match. I played the single player a little bit. Um, but here's the thing. This game, like a handful of other games we've played, and, and often for me, N64 games, is all of my memories of actually playing this game are just completely overridden by my awareness of the cultural impact of this mm-hmm. game. I have far clearer memories of talking to people about GoldenEye and seeing memes about GoldenEye and watching YouTube videos about GoldenEye than I have of actually playing GoldenEye because it just had, for for the people who played it, right, it was just this massive, massive, massive cultural icon. And that's yeah. neither here nor there, but, like, my nostalgia goggles are essentially someone else's nostalgia goggles, like, nestled on my face. And, like, <laughs> so, like, you know, the arms don't quite sit right on my ears, so, like, I know they're someone else's nostalgia goggles, but I there's nothing I could do about it. It's kind of like me and uh, and Metal Gear Solid, you know, where totally I just know so much about Metal <laughs> Gear Solid, like it's bananas. You know, if somebody said to me, "Oh, hey, what do you think about the Metal Gear Solid plot?" I could be, like, "Oh, well, I mean, it's bananas, obviously." I mean, you so, know, and like I your, could even your knowledge of uh, classic rock. Yes, classic rock, or more specifically, the Denver Broncos. You know, <laughs> and somebody comes up to me, it's like, "Oh, what do you think about the season?" It's like, "Oh man, you know, it's it, it can always be hit or miss." But what do you think about it? It's like, I think it's great so far. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, like this is definitely one of the good ones. Uh, but what do you think about the quarterback? It's like, oh well, our new quarterback, and you know, you're just like mining for information. Cold reading. Yeah, but no. It... <laughs> um, all this is true. So for me, my nostalgia goggles for this was I absolutely owned this game and played the ever loving mess out of it um yeah i mean i i it was weird going back and replaying it because i definitely could play most of the levels on 007 difficulty back in the day which is the hardest one yes so it's agent double o agent and then double o seven agent no it's it's agent secret agent double o agent okay because there's there's only there's only nine double o agents you know well, I mean, technically, you could have two leading zeros in front of an any digit number. It would just sound really dumb. <laughs> it's true. Um, also true. So, uh, yes, uh, no, I could, I could definitely play this game on double O, double O agent difficulty for um, most of the levels. There were some of them that I think I, I could, I think I could do it, but like, you know, it took a lot more. It wasn't fun, you know. Like, <laughs> It could be done and I could do it. But for the first level, I remember just being able to breeze through that on double O difficulty. And uh, and I can't do that anymore, surprisingly. Uh, emphatically, I can't do that. But uh, but no, so I mean, I, I played the mess out of this game. And so I was really interested to see how it held up. Because the one thing, because I mean, since then I've played many first-person shooters. And I believe more first-person shooters than, than you have as a, a general role at if, uh, if I had to judge our, our very that's, skill that's level. Not only, that's not only a fair assumption, but it's probably by like something approaching an order of magnitude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just I, if the, just the hours I put in the Borderlands, the Borderlands franchise alone, <laughs> you know. But um, uh, yeah, so I was really interested to see how the control scheme like held up because I knew it was a single joystick controller. And I was like, I don't like how would that even work? And we found out. <laughs> but uh we'll, we'll get to that towards the end 
Um, so I do uh, need to do our little top of the thing here. Um, thank you for uh, new followers, new patrons, uh, people who are doing the, the Twitch and the Twitters and all that stuff. Uh, but more important than all of that is I want to specifically make mention, if you are listening to this episode and it is still January of 2020, uh, if you go to the show notes for the 2018 year in review, yes, 2018, it's a long story, not going to hash all that out right now, uh, there is a link to a contest where we are giving away five copies of Celeste to uh, random random winners. Uh, so go um, find the 2018 year in review and then find the link in the show notes and then you can participate in that and maybe win a free copy of Celeste because if you listen to that episode, you will know we really, really want you to play Celeste. Yes, absolutely. No, it's, it's good. It's good. It's a good game. Okay. Now we can go into visuals. <laughs> All right, so visuals. Um, so one of the things that I noticed about this game because we we've played a number of, you know, 3D low poly, you know, nostalgic games but uh the, the one that i could most easily compare this to would be uh metal gear solid because most of the other low poly 3d games that we played have been cartoonish in nature you know um this one on the other hand is is meant to be like real real live humans well, and, not, and not only realistic but like real specific people who you could look at a photograph of them on the box right and and honestly with that in mind i think that that those visuals held up really well, well more, way better than I anticipated, honestly. And you're, you're serious. You're serious. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious, man. <laughs> I, th- I think they look pretty good. No, I think the people look like people. Okay. Here's my, okay. Here's my pushback on this. Okay. The, the texture map, right. Of the faces onto essentially their, their Gumby style blockheads. Like, mm-hmm the shape of their heads to me is not normal yeah, <laughs> and, that's and, fair. and that's what ruins it for me because if we're really getting nitpicky i will actually agree with you that the textures that are mapped onto their faces are pretty good particularly for this time in history on this particular hardware but mm-hmm. man the shapes i don't know why they went with these like ultra narrow tube heads <laughs> but that's <laughs> that's what they did <laughs> Yeah, no, to me, the because honestly, I was okay. So, I the one thing I was worried about was going back to our Metal Gear Solid notes was why, why is everybody looking like they're sleepy, you know, with the, the, the eyes, the you doll know? eyes, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, for this one, I was expecting it to be like, oh man, this is just gonna be terrible, you know, but then when it showed like Pierce Brosnan, I'm like, I, yeah, that's that that's Pierce Brosnan, you know, I, I could see that, you know, like. <laughs> I mean, they showed Sean Beam. Um, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Sean Beam. Uh, so, you know, like, like again, I don't think that any, they would win. I don't think that they would win any, like, uh, you know, art contest for hyper-realistic art, but I don't think they'd win best Picasso impersonation either. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks, it, it has the distinct uh, flavor of early polygon, attempts at realism and and i think you make a fair point that most of the games of this era were like yeah we're gonna go for stylized because hoof hands and like yeah. this is the best because we can anything do. else would be tragic yeah um <laughs> so it's i i will say that it, it's not as bad as it could be but 
the shape of everyone is just a little bit when you were a kid did you ever do the arts and crafts project where you made little like wooden soldiers out of like old-fashioned clothespins and so they end up no. with like tube faces that are exactly the same width as their body that's yeah i know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that that's sort of how these feel right especially because a lot of their movements like in the opening cinematic there's like they're doing all these like dramatic like james bondy poses and it's like get out of here tube face (laughs) it's just (laughs) i don't think it hurts anything like it it's it's silly but i mean i still like final fantasy 7 even though all the characters have hoof hands so like i can forgive that kind of thing but i certainly don't have to praise it (laughs) well and that's i think that's the thing for me personally is that it, it i had like a weird reverse nostalgia goggles for the, the <laughs> graphics for the visuals on this, you know, because I was like, ah oh, man, there's just no way they even come close to holding up, you know, in, in my head, you know, um, in the same way that if we ever, ever go back and rewatch super Mario brothers, the movie, like, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if one of my notes was like, it's not as bad as I remember because I can't be worse than I remember it, you know? Yeah. And so <laughs> that is, these kind of, goggles. yeah, exactly. You know? So whereas like mega man painted my visuals for like everything, you know, it, or mega man X painted my visuals for everything in like the Nintendo SNES series, you know, like, I don't know what game had such terrible, 3d poly that you know i was just kind of like there's just no way that this looks good but yeah the (laughs) fact that i was like if you lined up on the opening cinematic if you lined up each of those characters and then gave me a lineup of all of the the box art characters right that who they are supposed to represent i could i could match them you know um they don't they don't look amazing but i could match them whereas i was expecting it to be like I expected it to look like Picasso where it was just going to be like, yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's Boris because he's got this bright red, you know, whatever tank top on or whatever he wears, you know, and there's no difference between James Bond and Alex Trevelyan just because, you know, like, except for the fact that James Bond is in a tux most of the time, but the minute that you put him into a not tux, he's going to look just like every other person in the game, you know? So, eh, you know, there is, that is actually, I think an important distinction is that, uh, the enemies that you gun down in massive numbers, they're all totally carbon copy stormtroopers. But all of these story characters, they really (laughs) went out of their way to make sure they look distinct, right? So it's like you you could never confuse anything about two of the main story characters because their hair is different and their face is different. Some of them are different heights, right? Odd job is famously really short. And that's, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like that actually became like its own little meme, right? So there's... There's no real way you could say like, oh, because these are low res and they're low poly, I can't tell the difference between Natalia and James Bond. This is so confusing, right? Like that, that you know, in their tube head defense, that never happens. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, does this, does this look like Metal Gear Solid 5? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it does not. Uh, but it, it also doesn't look as bad as I was anticipating it looking. So let me ask you this then, because one of my big issues with the visuals is a lack of visuals. So the, the worlds were way, way more sparsely populated than I expected. Um, Especially when you're outside where you have this feeling of the vast expanse and, because the draw distance isn't super far, like the one of the the snow levels when you're like breaking into the the facility there, um, mm-hmm. 
you're just kind of like out in like a white nothingness with gray walls in all directions. And there aren't like snow covered trees and there aren't like, I don't know, like old decrepit buildings that are like covered and filling with snow. Like there's, there's nothing in the world that is not directly related to what you're supposed to be doing with very, very few exceptions. Like basically every single thing you see is relevant to your objectives or there's an enemy hiding behind it or both. Like, yeah. And, and that, that surprised me because I think you could absolutely lob that exact same critique at Banjo-Kazooie or Mario 64, right? That the, the world's like, if you really looked at the individual items placed in those worlds, especially in Mario 64, you could probably say like, oh, there's not really that much here. Like the world is fairly sparsely populated, but for some reason in GoldenEye, GoldenEye 007, in GoldenEye, it just jumped out at me. Like I would be walking down like a little path and I was just like, cause I was playing on an easy difficulty. So there's maybe fewer enemies also. And so I'd be like mm-hmm. walking down a little path and I was just like, where the hell is everyone? Like, what is, <laughs> am I in the wrong part of Russia? Like what is happening right now? And so the individual objects themselves are usually, they look fine. You can tell what it is. You, you know, more or less you can tell if it's like something you need to interact with or not, but there's just not enough stuff. Yeah. And I mean, naturally I would say that that was probably a, a space limitation on the game, you know? Totally. Yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, because I mean, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of game here. You know, there's a lot of levels. There's a lot of different. You know, and, and the levels do look very unique. You know, like each, each, like the bridge level is very different from the library level, which is very different than the nuclear silo level, which is very different than you know. Um, so uh, yeah, but I, I would definitely say that there were times when they built out too much level, and then other times when they built out not enough. So for example, in um, the snow level, like there's just these vast expanses of nothingness, you know, and I'm, I'm sure, yeah, if you played on double O difficulty that there's more bad guys, but whatever. But then um, when you get to the jungle level, there's not vast expanses of nothingness. There's just vast expanses of turrets that kill yeah, you. Just turrets you know? and palm trees everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and turret palm trees. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, you know, in, in that one, they think they, they aired too far on the other side where they, they made enemies too densely populated, you know? So, um, yeah, and I think that that it would be very difficult, or it was difficult for me to, in this case, it this, this type of game, I think, is really interesting. It was an interesting experience for me for how my nostalgia goggles interacted with it because there were some places where i was like oh this is going to be terrible and it it was better like the the visuals of the people there were other places where like this where i was like oh this all that is in this room is the one you know control panel that i need to interact with in order to open the door in the other room you know yeah Um, and it's like this is supposed to be like a high-tech facility and the only thing in this room is the one button that opens the one door Right. Or, you know, like you walk into a room and there are three, you know, vats in there to represent that science is happening. And then the the train level actually has a really egregious version of this. And this is what made me notice it the first time is uh, you have to, like, take out the brakes. Well, there's only literally one thing that you see in every single room. And it's the one thing that has brightly colored wires coming out of it. And I was like. I'll bet if I shoot that and sure enough, it explodes. And I was like, Oh, they gave it a destruction animation. This must matter. Right. So so like, instead of it being like, Oh, I have to figure out how to stop the brakes. I was like, it's probably 
the only thing. I'll bet I'll bet the only thing does it. Well, and and so two things. One is I think that that, that is also a nostalgic audience because, I mean, you know, if you look at similar games in this style now, especially like Bethesda games, you know, where literally you can pick up everything i mean you can you can get to your maximum carrying capacity in brooms you know <laughs> or forks yeah or, or whatever 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 your little piggy heart desires you can yeah. just pick up a near infinite sum of it until you cannot walk anymore yeah that, um, that does and, feel too far in the other direction <laughs> <laughs> well and and that's the thing is i remember when you know those games first came out i was like oh my god like I can interact with everything. This is this is wild and spectacular and fantastic. And now I've just come to expect that I can interact with almost everything, you know. Um, so they they very well. So I think that that's kind of interesting. Other end of it where it's like, oh yeah, well of course there's tons of stuff to flesh out the world, and it's like, nope, just the things you need to interact with. And this may have been an artifact of the time when they were like, we can't clutter up the room because not because of a space issue, but because the player won't have any idea what to do. And that very well may have been justified because with the low poly, like I'm not sure if there were five things in a row that I'd know exactly what it was I was supposed to be interacting with. So, yeah, but no, that definitely there is there is the stuff that you're supposed to be doing, and nothing else. Well, and um, and I will say that a a side effect, a good side effect of really sparse worlds is what you don't need is. Uh, for your earpiece to go off and Natalia is like, it's right there, James. It's the one with the big red button, right? Mega Man. Hey, Mega Man. Hey, listen. Yeah. That or some little uh, stupid like text to pop up. That's like, make sure you check all the red buttons in the room. It's like, don't, don't, don't write because I mean, because you know, it'd be M, right? It'd be M yeah. doing that to you. Or it'd be like, James, James don't forget to <laughs> up. You're not yeah. my real mom. <laughs> You're not my real M. Um, there's <laughs> not my M. Although to be fair, that one was Dame Duty Dench. Dame, yeah. Dame. She'll always be Dame yeah. Duty Dench. There you Thank go. you. And she will always be my M. Yeah, like, she is. She's my M too. Hashtag um, always my M. <laughs> Um, but I, I do actually appreciate that mechanically they don't have to spoon feed you because the world is sort of spoon feeding you. Right. Mm -hmm. But then when you go into a room and you're like, Oh, here's the button to press to go through the door. Like I did notice because I'm intentionally trying to like look at every little nook and cranny of the world. But once I was like replaying levels and I was like in the same areas over and over again, like I stopped caring because I was just like, Oh, I got to run in here and press the button. Bink. Okay. Now run over here through the door before it closes. Okay. Run, run, run. Right. So like it stopped mattering that there weren't 25 buttons in that room. And I had to remember which was the right button to press. And if the positive side effect of that is I don't have M in my earpiece reminding me of all my basic double O training, like that's fine. That that to me seems like a fair trade off. Yeah, right. So what did you think about the diegetic UI? So this is a perfect little transition because I can imagine them trying to provide in like a modern game trying to provide the exact mechanic i was just railing against through diegetic ui where it's like your watch goes off and you have a message from q and he's explaining how to like use a key card in the locked door and it's like no just make a game where that's not complicated because a double o agent would know how to do that right so they saved on all of those clunky mechanics by keeping the world sparse but then the things that are there seem to be 
fairly well crafted and the Dijek UI, the, the, does it have a goofy name? The smartwatch, his Android watch, right? <laughs> yeah. I actually think it probably did have a goofy name at the time, but now it's just a smartwatch. Yeah. You know, because we have the technology now. Like we have that. Aside yeah. from the lasers, we've got that watch. Yeah. So when you, you know, when you pause and he lifts up his Fitbit and sees how many steps he's gotten that day, <laughs> like it's actually, I mean, to me, I will always think of that as being a fallout thing because when you pause and fallout, you know, you look at the, the pip boy, right? Right. But, but this is, it's the exact same thing. I mean, it's the, and this way predates this. So it's actually a golden eye thing. Yeah, and I the original Fallout games were also around this time, but those were not first person, so I cannot say for sure if they use the Pip-Boy UI because I actually honestly don't remember. But um, e- either way, right, whoever gets to claim credit for it, like I, I still really like it because it does not feel shoehorned. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like they were like, oh, we got to work the watch into the game somehow. Oh, let's just make it the pause menu. Like, it actually feels completely appropriate that that is where you would interact with settings, but then also like there's certain items that you can't rotate through using the rotate my guns button, right? Like you have Mm -hmm. to go into the watch UI to select it. And I just, it's like kind of charming. Right. And then like when you, uh, you, you have like a health meter on the left side and the, your body armor meter on the right side, and when you get hit, those flash on the screen for just an instant. But then yes. if, you, if you pause, that's the only way to see your current health. You see mm-hmm. your health when you are taking damage or if you pause. But there isn't just a floating health meter. There isn't a floating go this way indicator. There isn't a floating anything, right? Except um, ammo. Right. And I think that that's... Um you know, to me, it helps with the immersion, you know, because if you had a health bar up there, that's that's very gamey, you know. So it just flashes you the information of like, hey, but but the thing is that if you're being a good secret agent or double O agent, you shouldn't be seeing that a whole lot. You should be sneaking around all super stealthy like, you know. So um, so, yeah, you could definitely go large spaces of time without really directly interacting with any real UI, just if you know what you're doing, which means that the better you get at the game the less like a game it feels and the more you get into like a rhythm of being, being the double O agent. And I think that that's given, given the constraints at the time and especially the, uh, the degree of pioneering that was being done at this time where it's like, you know, some people are like, how, how, how do you make a game? You know I mean? We we're on the outer cusp of how to, how do you make a game? But we're also in the beginning of, let's add a whole nother dimension and see how all that plays out. So to say like, listen, if we're doing that, we can't have this UI constantly on the screen saying like, this is what your health is. This is what your health is. It's like that you shouldn't need that, you know? So, uh, so I thought that the, the diegetic UI was, was very well done and was well done for this game. You know, well, it, and, it, it was needed for this game. And and this is exactly like uh, one of my favorite uh, D and D stories, just like, Hey, how many hit points do you have left? You can't ask him that. Okay, <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 89, how do you feel? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if you are James Bond and you have taken a couple shots, you wouldn't have a number on a, you know, you wouldn't be able to look and say like, oh, I have 50 out of 100 health. Right? And right. even though like that can be beneficial in a video game like environment, it it's not, you shouldn't be getting shot 
Like the, right. go- the goal is not to tightly manage your health. It's a stealth shooter where you should not be getting shot at all. Right. So yeah. when it, it flashes, I, I kind of, okay, I'm, I'm thinking this through on the fly. So this may sound really stupid when it comes out of my mouth, but when the health or the body armor indicators flash on screen, when you get shot, I like to think of that is you got shot. And so he quickly looks at his smartwatch, which tells him like how badly he's right. Cause it's measuring like his pulse and it's measuring his blood pressure and it's me- like, it's doing all these like right. sci- sci-fi things. Right. And so the reason it flashes on screen is because he only has a second to glance at it because people are shooting him. Right. Uh, no, I like that. I like that as a, as a premise. And the only thing that then I think could have made this even cooler would have been like, if they just eschewed, you know, um, the, the bars and just had gone with, you know, cause I mean, you could definitely do kind of a, a bar for body armor. You know, it'd be like, how, how ragged is my body armor looking? But in fact, no, actually what you do is you just do a visual of like, you know, kind of like what they do in the pit boy when they show your arm blown off or whatever, you know, just show the body armor and then show it getting more and more ragged until it's gone. And then, yeah, just kind of do like, you know, pulse, blood pressure, whatever. And then just kind of say, you know, like good, fair, poor, critical and kind of have like the heart rate like going that, that's how they know. did it in the resident evil games yeah stuff like that you know like that would have been really cool um for, for them to do but yeah i could definitely imagine it being like him quickly glancing out at his watch um the one other thing for visuals that i wanted to make sure i had a ton of stuff in mechanics but the one other thing <laughs> that i wanted to touch on in visuals is i don't know it, it's so hard to say from this era like which game was the first one that did this but this was definitely one of if i had to guess it was um bullet holes in the walls you know mm. yeah it, like it does me, make the world feel a little bit more three-dimensional like it's got some mass to it yeah it's got some mass to it and i mean also too you know when you're firing at a person and they're they've got the little red paint all over them and then you know they fall down and you continue to fire it hits the wall so that's that's cool but the other thing that i kind of enjoyed which this game did, and I don't think games really do this as much anymore, which is the bullet holes don't go away until you complete the level or die, you know? So um, I kind of liked that because it told a story of, you know, like where firefights had happened because I'd be like backtracking through an area and there'd just be bullet holes all over the walls, you know, almost with like an outline of a person. (laughs) And I was like, oh yeah, I moved down like five people here. That's... That's right. I remember that. And I just keep going. Or when you and I were playing our versus match, you know, seeing like, <laughs> where, where our scuffles had happened, you know, that was a lot of fun. So I, I kind of enjoyed that, you know. Um, so I, I enjoyed the bullet holes. I thought that was a good visual. And, uh, and I kind of liked it as a uh, the fact that they didn't go away, which I think is not common practice anymore. Yeah. And there's probably an upper limit to like, OK, we can store the location of. 800 bullet holes in memory and then when you get to 801 the first one goes away right or maybe right. The, the one furthest from your location goes away and, or some something um but contrasting that against the the sparsely populated world i think i'm with you i think i would totally prefer to see a record of my agency in the world than to have a beautiful diorama that seems to not even notice my passing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I, cause I remember, cause I remember this game definitely held on to him and I, I forget which game it was, but I remember playing a later first person shooter. It's probably, uh, 
um, Borderlands, which does not do this, right? Because no, you, I remember you see it for a second, but then like two seconds later, they literally fade away right in front of you. Yeah, like they they normally last like maybe ten seconds, uh, long enough to just barely. Because here here's here's why I know all of this is because one of my favorite <laughs> things to do was to shoot smiley faces or various other things. <laughs> into the walls as graffiti right which in paintball mode makes more sense but you know it looks awesome right and so i know that the ones the bullet holes in borderland last just long enough to barely get a smiley face out before (laughs) before the first eye starts to fade away but this one this one you don't have to rush you can take your time you know and like slowly blow holes in the wall be a craftsman for god's sake yeah i know right i mean some people take pride in what they do (laughs) <laughs> uh, so the, the last thing I have to say about um, the visuals is actually directly related to shooting things, which is Neat. the way people die is surprisingly <laughs> varied for the oh, volume right? yeah. of people you murder and for this time in history and for a Nintendo console. And the thing that made me notice it was one of the death animations, if you shoot someone in the upper chest or neck, is they, Neck. they yes. clutch their throat as mm-hmm. they bleed to death, fall to their knees, and then fall on their face. And the yep. first time I saw that, I was just like, I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Nazi probably had a family. <laughs> like It's just, it's such a weird thing for them to have said like, you know, oh, okay, you're going to be mowing down, you know, lots and lots of Russian dudes. And, um, we need at least half a dozen death animations, right? Because there's there's yep. the throat. Um, one of them is the crotch, right? Where they, they like <laughs> put their hands, like you know, you can't do that on television style, like over their nuts and fall down. And, and I say that because I'm pretty sure literally every single soldier is a man. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you kill any women. In it, fact, even Borderlands Three, Borderlands Three, after Borderlands One, Two, and One Point Five was the first time when they had female. Uh, people that like attack you yeah as like general th- you know throwaway baddies yeah so, so. There, there you go right but it's it, you know so they all like or some of them hold their crotch and like fall over um some of them like do the the more dramatic like you hit them in the shoulder and so they spin right from the mm-hmm. impact of the bullet um it also seems like certain animations are more likely to play for certain weapons because like certain guns pack a more of a punch than other guns right so like it's like the magnum like the magnum but it, it's like <laughs> yeah. that, that was one of those things that in my mind because i i noticed how i felt the world was very sparsely populated fairly early on and then after like several hours of play i noticed like oh some of these people are dying horribly like <laughs> like i am <laughs> i am really aware of the way they're suffering because of this visual and awesome well well done game no my favorite one was uh at one point when i was playing i just after i because i you know i especially the beginning before we fixed the control problem which we'll get into later (laughs) but um you know i was just spraying and praying you know so i i I didn't notice the the different animations but had very little control over it but at one point i was just i just looked at one of them because there is a specific animation for this uh if you shoot them in the leg right and so i just took my silencer and i said i used to be an adventurer like you and then (laughs) (laughs) and i shot him in the knee and watched him kind of like jump up and hobble and i was like nah man your adventuring days are done you know (laughs) i don't know why i got a huge kick out of that that made me happy i mean that's you know this is a great example of what i was kind of talking about at the top of the show which is like 
I have actually never played Skyrim, but I know the exact meme you're referring to, <laughs> and I can even picture it in my mind, right? So, yep. like, that is that is the kind of stuff that those those memes just start to bleed together, and, and eventually you just have one big, messy gamer slop. Man, we, we, need, to, we need to pick, you know, just a weekend one time that we can throw away and just sit down and play like 20 hours of Skyrim. You know, it's, it's a fun game. Yeah. I wouldn't hate that. It's, I have nothing against, I've, I've played, yeah. I played Morrowind and part of Oblivion. I, so, I mean, I'm, I have nothing against Skyrim. I just haven't gotten around to it, but anyway, you, uh, you good for audio. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so audio, um, so just to get it kind of out of the way, I guess, in, in not like a gushing praise or anything like that. But, I mean, the music's great. I like dun, the dun, music. No, the music's really, really good. Yeah, the music's really good. Um, it's varied from stage to stage. But I, I think that, I, and I couldn't prove this, but I think they crib a lot of it from, you know, the the movie itself. Which is, again, this is, and, and I think that, and, and this is as good a place to shoehorn it in as any can we just briefly talk about the fact that that this is a a video game licensed off of a movie and it's even close to good? Holy crap. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> um yeah, th- this, this game is, a- is so s- stands on its own two feet so much that that literally did not even occur to me, <laughs> including the fact that at one point in the game, you can get a VHS copy of 007 Goldeneye, the movie. Huh? Yeah, no, I didn't. I, or at least I don't remember that. But yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, I no, don't. The, the greatest testament to the fact that this is a good game on its own is that I forgot it's based on a movie. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's the thing is that, you know, so I think that they probably pulled a lot of the, I mean, it definitely pulled the golden eye theme, the, the 007 theme from, from the movie, but you know, a lot of the, the music is very, very much, it feels like movie music, you know, it just, it, it has that same feel to it. So you really do get the feeling that you are playing through the movie because, you know, it, it has that level of quality behind the music. Yeah. And let's uh, juxtapose that against the sound effects, which are, so uh benign and uninspiring <laughs> and and i i think that's largely because they didn't want the sound effects to be the star right it's mm-hmm. when there's gunfire you just hear a lot of gunfire noises but there aren't tons of beeps and boops there's no there's virtually no spoken dialogue right it's all done in very awkwardly placed text on the screen <laughs> Um, yeah which is weird yeah um but the the music like when it comes to things you're listening to the music is no question the star but the sound effects serve an incredibly important purpose uh which i have in my notes as lifesaver because the draw distance in n64 games is like notoriously bad but Mm -hmm the ability for the computer to shoot you because it can see through the fog of war is pretty mm-hmm. good. So, so hearing the like Western style, like pew, poing, 
yeah. like as bullets like glance off stuff right near your head. Like you need that. You you really really super need that audio feedback because it lets you know if someone is shooting at you, and it lets you know if your shoot shots shoots if your shots are hitting the mark. Right. So this is like a really really crucial thing to have in a firefight. Is like are my bullets hitting or not? Are their bullets hitting right. or not? Right. Is someone shooting at me that I maybe can't see? Right. So there's, even though the the sound effects are just woefully underwhelming, the role they serve is absolutely crucial. And I think that might be why they're borderline cartoony, like a little bit silly because they were like, no, you need to know, like you need to hear the like, yeah. pew, like when a bullet like ricochets off something, because that gives you, crucial information right and it, and i think it does a good job kind of like leveraging the stereo as well where you know like you can kind of hear oh is it coming like where where are the bullets coming from you know so especially if you wipe out everybody in front of you i mean i remember a number of times where it's i think it's actually it's in the first level where if you go do one of the side objectives where you go down through an area um there's people behind, like you're running down a hallway, but there's areas where people can be behind you. And so I'd be run, 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 run and kill the two people in front of me and then keep running. And then I hear that, you know, like that, that, you know, bullet fire. And then I'd stop and be like, Oh wait. And then I turn around and ice that mother. <laughs> but you know, um, it, it was really helpful to, uh, to have that sound effect to, to gauge that also too. And, and as you kind of mentioned is, uh, you know, there's a difference between the, uh, sound effect it makes when you're hitting people versus not hitting people. Now, the sound effect it makes when you hit people is, I would assume, not at all the sound the bullet makes when it hits people. No. It sounds like um, <laughs> a paintball hitting plastic. <laughs> but that being said, is it is very different. I, sorry, I just thought about when, uh, what was it, Christopher Lee was talking to... Um, oh, yes, from, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson yeah. from Lord of the Rings, where he's like, okay, well, you, you're going to get stabbed in the back. I want you to look up and go like, no! that's not the way people sound when you stab them yeah oh no you want to know that is not even uh you have no idea the depth of that particular reference because one because he was 007 he was 007 like <laughs> like he was the dude that like the books are original or he's one of the guys that like it was originally based on like that's amazing and also if someone who looks like that and sounds like that tells you that that's not what it sounds like when you get stabbed. Yeah. Like there's no follow-up questions. There's no asking for clarification. There's no pushback. You just say, yes, Mr. Lee, (laughs) (laughs) you, you, you do this scene. However you think is best. Yes. You, you, you do. You (laughs) just don't do me. (laughs) Um, yeah, no, I, I think, uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say with that, but yeah. So, so basically, that's um, uh, oh, that's what it was. Is that Christopher Lee was obviously not called in to consult on the bullet sound on this particular game? No, because um, otherwise, this game would have been way darker. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> they, they they probably called him in to consult, and and he gave his notes, and they're like, "All right, so we just made Resident Evil. Um, we got to scale it back a notch." <laughs> Whoops. Um, I will say my one uh, complaint about the music is uh, unlike a lot of modern games, basically every modern game, and unlike a lot of much older games where uh, enterprising people have uh, done clever things with software, I didn't have a very easy time finding this music. Like, you can get it, but it's not Mm -hmm. like... 
it, it's kind of, you know, in like the early days of Napster where every song seemed to be just a random string of words for the title and all the MP3 data is completely wrong. And I, I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of bummed because I was like, this is totally a video game soundtrack that I would like add to my collection of video game soundtracks that I listen to sometimes. And it's just not, I, I didn't come across any that I felt like were high quality and there's nothing to reference it against, right? Like if you steal an Aerosmith album or something, like you can go look at the real album and rename all the MP3s, right? And that's what people on Napster used to do. But if you rip off a game or a movie that's not, there is no official soundtrack, then it's like, what do I just call them for like each level or whatever, right? And it just like, <laughs> it, it sucks some of the joy out of it when you're like, oh, track one, right? So, so I was, I was yeah. a little bummed because I was like, some of these songs are good enough that like this, it's, as you said, it is good movie music and that makes it good yeah. background music, right? Like I could totally work to this sort of music. So this is a purely philosophical question, but can, because I mean, it, it it's really neither here, here nor there, but can you hold the game accountable for its music not being readily available no and i'm, I'm not holding the uh, game accountable i'm just I, commenting yeah, and, <laughs> okay yeah i mean even if you were like I, I it's it's like i said it's neither here nor there but i was just kind of like yeah yeah no that does suck i don't know if that's really in the purview of I, like the no, no, now, now it would yes be. exactly yes. now i would hold them accountable 100 percent. if i wanted to listen to the hollow knight soundtrack which i do right <laughs> And I couldn't get it. Or if I wanted to listen to the Shovel Knight soundtrack, which I do, and I couldn't get it, I would be super pissed because it's like, come on, you're an indie dev shop. Like, why can I not stream this in like a million different places? But yeah, I mean, at this time in history, and particularly because this is a licensed game movie, there is a chance that they don't actually have the rights to distribute the music anyway, right? Some of Mm, this music is definitely written for the game, but some of it is definitely pulled like it's a it's what you would legally consider a performance, right? So they, they performed this already composed music for the game, but they might not have the license to redistribute that performance outside of the context of the game. So yeah, I mean, this is like, we're way, way off in the weeds now, but like (laughs) this is all to say like this music is good enough that I would actually just have this on in the background, but there's no great way to do that. There are okay ways to do it. There's no great ways. Um, you have anything else for audio? I do not. Uh, so gameplay slash controls, and I say gameplay slash controls because we gotta we gotta talk about the controls. So, all right, first person shooter with one analog stick. That's boo. I mean, it's it's bad. It's it's real bad. And so we basically we played this on a Twitch stream, right? Which I assume is still available for the populace, where they can see us. See how badly I pwned you? So the full recording, <laughs> Twitch keeps uh, for a little while, but I highlighted two entire matches. Uh, so those oh, those nice. highlights will be there indefinitely. So yes, you can go uh, and, and follow, find my Twitch stream and find the highlights of you pwning the crap out of me. <laughs> do, do, do you want to guess which two matches I kept? Um, the grenade launchers? Throwing knives and slappers. <laughs> <laughs> slappers was ridiculous man i mean i, I know, there were so there were so many good ones especially and this is definitely we've run afoul of talking about the game just to talk about <laughs> other media but whatever um no i mean like there was a number of times though where i, I remember one 
where like you were hunting me down like a dog because I had like one hit point left and you had more and it didn't matter, you know? <laughs> and so then all of a sudden, like I found some body armor. I was like, oh, the tables have turned. <laughs> and then like just the amount of bravado and confidence that just having that body armor and stuff, because if you got body armor, you're a God. And if you don't have body armor, you're, you're, naked basically so so i, I think um, this is an important place to mention something you you said offhandedly a second ago which is we both played the legit single player with the garbage original controls and we yes we suffered through that nonsense but then when other people had to watch us play the game we were like we would like this to be more fun and so uh, there are ways that I will not outline. There are no links to this in the show notes because I won't openly support this. But you don't have to work very hard to find versions of this game that support modern controls. And so mm-hmm. on the Twitch stream to make us shooting each other more fun, we did that with modern controls. But we did everything else the legit old-fashioned cartridge single stick way, and, and it was terrible. Um, but so the, those two things are distinct events in history. Right. So yeah, we played it with the old garbage modern control or garbage old controls and and man, it was it was atrocious. I was really happy with the way that we were able to figure out how to clutch a controller to mimic modern controls, but basically the way this works is that you're you look all you look up and down using the analog stick and move um No, you you um you Sorry, you sorry that's what it is. You forward move forward and backward, backward with the analog stick and you and turn left, left to and right. right. Yeah. Yeah, so you move forward and backwards, and you look left and right. And with the C stick, you move left and right and look up and down. Which yeah. the the best way to think about it is, imagine how you would move through the world if your neck was broken and in a brace. So every time you wanted yeah. to turn your head, you had to turn your entire body, and now that's the direction you're facing. Yeah, I think we called it the Batman controls, right? Yeah, because it's the yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, but so and and this is just one of those ones where it's like. I just, I feel like when it's when I'm talking to Teddy, my son, and I'm just kind of like, oh, dude, you just, I see your logic and just so close, you know, but not, not quite it because, you know, they were like, well, obviously we've got one analog stick. So, you know, you've got, you've got to move forwards and backwards. So that's got to be forwards and backwards. And I mean, like, we'll just make everything generally on, you know, that on the shooting plane. And, uh, and then, you know, if you want to strafe, which is a cool, fun, extra thing you can do, but then you can use the C sticks. And if you want to like look up to aim, then that's a cool extra thing that you can do. I mean, they, they wouldn't have known that, you know, that's 110% necessary and that every other game after it would map a very specific way. But at the same point in time is such an astronomical miss that it almost makes the game unplayable. Well, and, and I was thinking about this, um, because the the controls are essentially what you would have if you mapped the way you use a mouse to the thumbstick and the WASD to the um, C buttons, except the uh, the left and rights are reversed, right? Mm-hmm. And so what you end up with is the idea of mouse controls, except horrible. Like the the thing I'm I'm likely to be doing in bulk is moving forwards and backwards, but the thing that I need to do with like a lot of precision and suddenly is changing my orientation, right? Mm-hmm. And so the reason a lot of people are diehard mouse and keyboard people when it comes to shooters is because 
a mouse is a precision tool and the mouse is the one you use for orienting yourself. And then the clumsy WASD keys are what you use for forwards and backwards and strafing, right? And so you have two tools that are very, very different and very, very good at their respective tasks. When mm -hmm. they moved this to the N64 controller, they said, what if we did that, but halfway the opposite and worse? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what if not that? <laughs> and honestly, uh, and then I'll stop, stop bragging on this, is uh, the, the control scheme was so difficult to manage. It, it gave me motion sickness because I, I remember I was playing it over at your house and like because of the amount that you have to move the camera in order to navigate the world. So like, you know, generally, you know, I can walk around a pillar and never take my eyes off the pillar in a modern game very easily. You know, mm -hmm. this game, it's almost impossible, you know? So because of that, you're looking around the room constantly and then moving. And that actually, and I don't get motion sickness. I mean, I can sit there and read in a car for days and not have any issues. Um, it gave me motion sickness. So I was like, ooh, is this, like, I, I got to stop playing this for a little bit. And so that's another thing when, you know, thinking about like, should, should, should you recommend this? Does it require nostalgia goggles? It may require like motion sickness goggles because <laughs> you know, it's, it's what, a real problem. What's that? The drug? It's like, Dizapam or some oh yeah yeah you yeah, know there, um, there's some like seasick seasickness yeah. drug yeah dramamine dramamine yeah so that's it's like I, the the way like some games have seizure warnings this says like a take your dramamine yeah no i remember uh i remember that because it's from uh, a few good men where he's like you know take take dramamine is dramamine gonna stop me from getting shot no it stops you from getting seasick you get seasick was, i get seasick because i'm afraid that we're going to run into a giant a giant rock i don't think dramamine's gonna help me <laughs> um anyways but uh yeah so the controls are are hot hot garbage um and actually this is a, a quick little segue into mechanics there is super de duper aim assist and i know this because of the garbage controls you, you know so it, you can, it, you can turn actually, it off but it's on by default and is very welcome so one of the nice things that this game does is when it does give you aim assist which it is always doing which is super de duper welcome uh is that it actually moves the gun to show you where it's assisting your aim which not all games do some of them just kind of cheat you on the back cheat help you on the back end yeah which, it, it does look sort of weird but i think i do oddly prefer it yeah i do because to me it's like the game's being honest with me it's like look you asked for aim assist this is us tweaking your aim so a it let me know that it was working um and b it let me know that it was working as opposed to other games where it's like aim assist on and they're like yeah you're doing great champ i know you shot at the wall but we're just gonna <laughs> curve your bullet around and make it hit the bad guy a la that one terrible movie terrible that has movie. the best line from morgan freeman ever but ooh, which line um it's it's at the very end where what was the name of the movie again uh, god it's 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 something yeah, it's it's an angelina jolie vehicle or, yeah it's, yeah it's unstoppable unkillable yeah. whatever bendy bullets so it's at the very end of the movie where he's where where he's standing up like as the 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 leader who you know is like the old sage wise leader where he's saying like so we have two options we can either forego our entire way of life or we can kill this mother <laughs> right now yes i remember that <laughs> that is no question the moment that movie gets redeemed because <laughs> you, you think for sure that she's like convinced him and that they're gonna like stop being 
weird bullet bending assassins or whatever the hell the story of that movie was. And then he, yeah. he's just like, nope. 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 And just listening to Morgan Freeman and his beautiful fatherly paced voice just drop an F-bomb like that. I was like, ooh, this was suddenly I feel like I've, I've made my $11 back or whatever movies cost back in the 70s or whenever we went to go see that. Um, <laughs> your, your, your sense of timing and the economy is just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> just throw it all into a bag and shake it up. But uh, yeah, so so I like the fact that A, there was aim assist because, oh my God, I needed that aim assist. And B, that it actually did move the gun to assist your aim. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about a couple of uh, the mechanics. And I'm going to go ahead and bring this one up because when I realized I had feelings about this, I was like, ooh, so cycle time. And it's cycle, ooh. but it's cycle time as a function of the controls. Because mm -hmm. the controls are bad, right? And maybe when you didn't know any better and have a bunch of muscle memory, because that's really what this is, right? It's not that these controls are unworkable. It's that I have 15 years of muscle memory telling me this is not the right way to do it, right? Because yeah. the second when we, because I only used the, the hacked out controls when we were playing versus, and my performance instantly went up by orders of magnitude, right? Just, <laughs> yes. like, just so, so, so much better. So the controls led to a lot of what I decided are unreasonable deaths, right? Mm. There were a lot of times that I died or I failed a mission or something went wrong. And I was like, okay, now I have to start the level over, but not because I, the player did something wrong. It's because I feel like the controls have screwed me over. And this is, I think, no different than if you were playing a game like Celeste and it had sloppy platforming controls. No instantaneous cycle time in the universe would be good enough to make up for that because you're like, no, no. The entire point of this game is super tight platforming, right? The entire point of the the GoldenEye game is to feel like James Bond and to, like, be the secret agent. Like, you know, drop in MFers left and right, and there's no sex scene in this game, but presumably he gets the girl, right? I'm sure in the movie he gets the girl, right? Or gets, yep. gets a girl. James Bond does not go to bed alone. So <laughs> to have a level like, say, the jungle level, which is the one that made me stop playing the single-player campaign, where I would be, I don't know in game probably a foot or two away from the turret with my gun pointed directly at it and somehow i'm missing it and then the turret would murder me and i would die and i would have to start the whole level over again i was like this cycle time is not unreasonable it is not unreasonable to make me do the entire mission successfully because that's realistic james bond cannot die and respawn midway through the mission he needs to do the entire mission successfully and so I was actually okay with the mechanic of starting the entire mission over, but every time I died, because I felt like the controls had betrayed me, which was a lot of my deaths, like most of my deaths, that made me feel like, no, you should have respawned me in the middle of the level because that wasn't my fault. Like you're punishing <laughs> me for your shortcomings. And so I realized like, and, and this is true, like of mechanics or of anything else, but because the controls in this are so unique in the grand arc of history like single stick shooters did not 
win out historically. So like no, they did not. So like I, every time I died, I didn't feel like oh the auto aim sucked or oh this this level is poorly designed or there were too many enemies in this hallway or they don't give you enough health or whatever. Like no, I always felt like it was the controls' fault and that that made the cycle time unacceptable so it was like this idea of like cycle time as a function of controls is like as your controls get worse your cycle time also needs to get shorter so interestingly so let's because i've been kind of kicking around this this theory for a little bit and i want to see you know as a good scientist you know is see if i can if if it will pan out against critique right so looking at cycle time as a function of failure spectrum right so the 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 premise is the larger the failure spectrum right the the longer your cycle time could be so basically the idea is that you know like if you've got you know your cycle time can be longer if you've just got a egregious amount of health you know so like you can afford to take a lot of damage before you know all of a sudden you're forced to be like no you've 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 gotten hit 15 times go back and do it again you know um the same thing with like you know modern shooters and things like that where they have like invisible checkpoints but at the same point in time you know you can take a number of shots or alert people or what have you so what i think is happening here is that the failure spectrum is suddenly shortened in a way that you're not expecting right which is that because the controls suddenly and egregiously fail you you're like you're going through the mission you're doing pretty well and then you point at a turret and you're like okay i'm going to now take out this turret and then for whatever reason, because the controls, the controls screw you, uh, you fail, right? Which, so now instead of being a failure spectrum, but you've made several mistakes, you have made one, right? <laughs> you have failed to accurately target that turret. And because of that, it murder housed you, which is now taking a broad failure spectrum of, I can take 15 hits until I die and artificially shortening it to like one, one mistake. You made one mistake. You screwed up on the controls once in one time right which is basically akin to having one hit point which is why all of a sudden the cycle time now feels egregiously short mm-hmm. or, or way way, way too long yeah. egregiously long right it's because your failure spectrum became way too small suddenly you know and so i think that that may be the reasoning behind why it, it suddenly like when the controls betray you you're like well i i made a mistake i should be set back 10 minutes you know or five minutes or however long it is yeah yeah, that's, I think that's a good way to put it, right? Because from my point of view, I made a single mistake. From the game's point of view, I was making tons of mistakes. <laughs> and it's like... you were From the game's point of view, you were aggressively making that same mistake <laughs> over and over again, belligerently. Yeah, and, and that's... It, it's, it, 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 it doesn't... It's unfiring on all cylinders, right? It's immersion, <laughs> it's immersion breaking. It's not fun. It reminds you very much that you're playing a video game because now you're staring at this stupid W-shaped controller in your hand, cursing whoever designed it. Like, it's it it robs you of basically all the enjoyment. In fact, it even goes so far as to ruin the music because when you die, you get the dying music, which you stop being a fan of, right? Because it, the first couple times you die, and it's like the the like Telecaster guitar like slow strum through the chord. You're like like ooh. That was such a James Bond way to eat it. But then <laughs> the 500th time you've died because the control screwed you over, you're like, no, I don't think James Bond is a zombie that just keeps <laughs> getting brought back by voodoo magic. I'm pretty sure these controls just suck. Right. Um, one thing, though, that that does, uh, that, that nicely leads me into is there are no health drops in this game, 
or at least none that, that I could see or find. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because you played on essentially hard and I played on essentially easy and I also found no health drops. So I was like, if this game has health drops and I'm somehow just not coming across them, how useful are they? If on easy, <laughs> I can't find them. But then I, I came to accept the reality of the mechanic. Right, which which I really like in this game is that there is body armor and body armor is replaceable and replenishable. And depending on your difficulty, somewhat abundant, right? So that's the thing is that you don't need health drops, right? It's because if you eat through all of your body armor, and you start eating through your health, then your quote unquote health drop is the body armor. It gives you an entirely additional health gauge, right? But I really like that as far as immersion, because like, you know, you could be bleeding from your eyes and then throw on a, a new bulletproof vest and be like okay i can now take take more damage because i basically put on armor right but you know every other way games try to make you regain health on the fly is just inherently unrealistic because human beings just straight up do not operate that way i don't care if you've got a medical kit and you've stemmed the bleeding that's great that will stop you from continuing to lose health but isn't suddenly going to make you in fighting shape it may give you a slight edge stim packs are egregiously hilarious because you know that definitely doesn't improve your health for any long-term thing i'll give you a short burst of hey i can now hurt myself way worse and make this injury like life lifelong as opposed to something i'll recover from because i've numbed my pain from it but it definitely doesn't make you recover health in fact to the point where i didn't even know what a stim pack was until i was in my 20s you know mm, it's, it's, yeah. a, 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 a stim, it's a shot of stimulants and i was like oh yeah, I didn't know what it was. I just knew it gave you health and video games. I didn't know it could potentially be a real thing. So all that being said, the fact that they said, okay, none of that, none of that. If you lose health, you've lost health. But you can regain body armor, which is a way, again, for you to elongate your failure spectrum, to you to um, get more hit points. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that matters is that you get more HP. I mean, literally, they could do the exact same thing as if they – doubled your body armor bar and gave you one hit point with the idea being it's like yeah if you get shot you're done you know but they just made the body armor take long and same effect this fits with diegetic ui right is mm -hmm. is i i can't field medic myself back into not being shot but i can absolutely <laughs> take off this raggedy body armor and put on some unraggedy body armor right so there's there's a nod toward video gaminess where it's like oh there's just body armor laying around everywhere but but then there's also a nod toward the realistic james bond does not get shot 35 times and still go on to successfully complete a mission right like uh what's his name um like uh john mcclain like he is like a superhero right he gets shot he gets stabbed he falls out of windows he gets run over like He's way too durable to be believable. <laughs> it's it's almost kind of video gamey. Whereas if James Bond like takes serious damage, like a bullet wound or a knife wound, that's like a huge dramatic part of the movie, and it's like a big deal. And then there's you know slow piano music playing while he like sits in the shower and like pulls it out with his field knife, and there's blood everywhere. Right, like it's a big deal. Yeah. And so how do you reconcile that like pseudo realism with a video game and it's like oh just body armor right and i think yeah. it would actually be it would have been a very forward looking choice if they said you can't take any gunfire your armor can take gunfire 
right? So if someone headshots you, you're done because you don't have body armor on your face, right? This is kind of like how uh, in like the Uncharted games, and I think the Tomb Raider games do this too, uh, is like the luck, right? Like you don't actually Mm. have health, the the right. the fading out of you know things get red and like the color goes out of the world is because that last bullet barely missed you and this next one that one found its perch right yeah. and so if if they made this game where they were like you don't have any health like your health meter doesn't exist what you have is a body armor meter and because you're a secret agent you start every level with no body with armor, body armor. right no, no no body armor with no body armor. yes because okay. you have to procure the body armor on site and they could put it at the very 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 beginning of every single level but i think that would be that'd be cool and that is essentially what history has borne out so like you can see the the way things have become almost kind of fomenting in their brains at this point yeah, the, the the two changes that I would make is that one, I think that you're right, is that depending on the mission, you should either start with or without body armor, which is a great way to modulate difficulty and a great way to um, kind of embody in the place. So like in the one where you're trying to infiltrate the dam, right? Well, yeah, you'd be wearing body armor. They'd send you in with body armor, you know? Um, but in one where, you know, you're dropped into the... Uh, the jungle all willy nilly, like after 15 other things have gone on, then no, you wouldn't have body armor. And then I would say, um, what, what could make it interesting is that you have two hit points, you know, um, and a headshot just counts as two, right? So mm. the idea being is that like, you know, because then you could have that thing where it's like, Oh man, I've taken a bullet in the arm, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep muscling on. I'm going to keep going, going for it, you know? And, Oh, I got some more body armor. So that, that helps. But yeah, but then if it's just kind of like, well, if you get shot in the head, so if you run out of body armor, then you are always at risk of an instant death, mm-hmm. you know, which would really. And then if you got hit and it wasn't an instant death, then you'd be like, oh, God, OK, no, I'm still alive. I'm still here. But, man, I've got to throw a grenade to throw them off or do whatever. You know, I think that that and, and you can kind of again, like without the health drops, you can kind of see that they're playing around with it. But I think that one of the places where this game consistently falls short to a degree, again, with viewing it through nostalgia goggles is that they 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 were beholden to some of the old things where they're like well you've got to have some hit points you know oh well you've got to have you can't give somebody control of the camera and you know strafing at the same time like or strafing isn't something you have to do all the time you know like things like that where it's like no so close just so close just a little bit trust yourselves more you know yeah no this is a uh I can't believe we've never used this metaphor before, or at least I don't think we have, but this is a fish with legs, mm, right? Yeah. Like at the time, I'm sure all the other fish were like, oh my God, he's got legs. It's incredible. But now with the, you know, with the way things have continued to evolve, all of the primates are like, look at that stupid fish with legs. So dumb. Dumb fish. <laughs> right? Like it's just, it it was... It was a necessary step, but it was by no means what any part of history other than when it was the present would consider the destination. And I would even go so far as to say that the present probably didn't consider it the destination because anyone who played first-person shooters as their genre, they recognized the difference between playing Doom or Quake, or Wolfenstein, which were all contemporaries and several of which predated this by years, right? With a keyboard and mouse, though. And, right, so, like, 
those people probably picked this up and were like, oh, wow, a console-based first-person shooter. Oh, my God, it's horrible. (laughs) But for people like you and me who didn't have necessarily gaming PCs laying around or maybe like those games were too violent and our parents wouldn't let us play them or or whatever the case might have been, like this fish with legs was probably completely serviceable and now it is only looking back as evolved super primates that were like fish with legs weird it's gross um there's one other thing that i want to make sure that that we touch on on uh on mechanics and uh gameplay which is um the difficulty settings uh i love the mess out of the difficulty settings on this and here's why um not only is it all of the standard schlock of like, oh, well, you effectively have less hit points, i.e. the bullets hit you harder, and the enemies are more accurate and more plentiful and, 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 and all, all the standard, you know, difficulty stuff. But they add additional objectives, you know, which I really like. And especially because you can still kind of touch, like it doesn't, all the equipment is still in your inventory on the easy mode. Like you can still go through it, go through the motions of doing it, but, you know, they it really fleshes out the world because it's like, oh, you're you're an agent. All you have to do is just bungee jump off of this thing. Oh, you're a secret agent? Well, you need to do that. And you also need to disable all of the alarms. Oh, you're a double O agent. Well, you need to disable all of the alarms. You need to upload this. You need to do this. And so it puts you through a more intense meat grinder for way longer because you've got to go more places and do more things and do them more expertly. You have to do them more like a spy, you know? And uh, and I really like that. I I I know other games do that, but I feel like it's rarer than we normally think. Well, and they they do it in a way that I thought was really intrusive at first when I noticed it. And then I realized that it is definitely intrusive on purpose, which is the mission briefings all have the exact same description and text from M and Q and, and Money Penny, right? Like, uh, that is all the same, regardless of how many mission objectives you have to complete to actually finish the level, which for me playing on easy clued me in to the fact that there was like a wider world out there, right? Like, Oh, there's more to like, why is Q talking about this thing? That's not on the mission objectives. Oh, I wonder if I was playing on the harder difficulties, if that would be a mission objective and it's not just flavor text. And then I confirmed it without switching to a harder difficulty because in one of i think it's the level right before the train level where you're in like the depot like mm-hmm. like before you board the train i think mm-hmm. and um there's like a safe with like a key and there's like this other thing that you can like blow up or something and i did those things and nothing happened it didn't say like destroyed the thing or unlocked the safe and got the VHS copy of 007, right? Like it's, there, there was no indication that what I did was like mattered at all. And in a game where there is no superfluous stuff and the fact that that safe is there means that safe matters. And the fact that you can disable this thing or blow that thing up or turn this thing on or off, like if it's there, it must matter. And so combining that with the detailed flavor text that specifically called out these parts of the world. I was like, Oh, these are the things I will be tasked with doing on the harder difficulties, but they still let you do it on the easier difficulties so that when you see it later, it's not completely foreign to you. Like this is, 
a great way to make the world feel consistent, but make my ability as a player feel like it's improving. Like, oh, this mission I could only, before I could only do this one on agent, and there's only two objectives, but now I can do it on you know double O agent, and it's there's five objectives, and I can do it all even without getting those secret body armor, right? Like, there's there's no uh, avatar growth; it's all player growth, which is I think mm-hmm. pretty impressive for a silly movie-based James Bond shooter on the N64 with a single control stick. Like, that level of forethought yeah. about the game design is pretty damn impressive. Yes. No, absolutely. Um, and that that that's all I got. You got anything else you want to hit on? Before we uh, wrap it up, I do have this one story I want to share with you. Um, I think part of this may have happened on stream, um, but I don't know if that that recording is still up there because you know they they phase out unless you make a highlight or a clip. Um, the train level. So mm. at the end of the train level, you get locked in a room, and they're like, "Oh, hey, we're gonna blow you up, and then you'll be dead!" Ha ha ha! And there's a panel in the floor, and you have mm-hmm. a watch laser, and you have to use mm-hmm. your watch laser to shoot off. I counted. I think it's something like. 75,000 little metal brackets. Yeah, I think it, it's... Well, wouldn't it... Would, would, it'd be a factor of two, though, right? What do you mean? Well, like, you know, I mean, like, it'd be like... Because it'd be computers, it'd be like X to the... Like, like two to no, the not X, every, right? No, you they know? can represent other numbers. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. So so, so it's, it's two to the 800th power little uh, stupid metal things you have to shoot off. You only have 300 shots. The thing goes through ammunition basically instantaneously. So you press the button and it's like, oh, it's empty. And so uh, this was the thing that almost made me stop playing the game until I learned how to um, lock uh, the targeting mode on. Because by default, you have to hold the button, but you can switch it Mm -hmm. to making it a toggle. And so you have to sit there and aim at your feet with these jank controls and you have to shoot this stupid little panel out and you have 60 seconds because they're going to blow you up. Right. So you have to do precision shooting, which is already not something they should require you to do. And you have to, in fact, they have entire mechanics we talked about with the auto aiming where they don't require you to do precision shooting. So you have to do precision shooting with these terrible controls under time pressure. And this is the very, very, very end of the level. So if you die, you have to literally replay the entire level. So I probably did, I don't know, realistically, it was probably 15 or 20 attempts it took me to beat the stupid level because I just couldn't, my brain just would not wrap itself around these controls. And I was like, I know it needs to be done. I just can't make my thumb, not thumbs, I can't make my thumb do it. And it, it was just, it was driving me nuts. And the thing that really almost made me throw my controller, and, and everybody says like, oh man, it was such a controller throwing moment. This this was the one that I seriously, like I had actually wound my arm back and I was going to smash this thing into <laughs> the ground. You cannot duck and you cannot jump in this game. There is, yes. there is no way to duck. There's no way to jump. It is never required or expected and it never happens accidentally. You can't walk off a ledge and fall because the game does not have a concept of gravity, right? You cannot duck. You cannot jump. 
I finally, on like attempt number 600, shot this stupid panel out and I fell through it and then somehow leapt back up into the train <laughs> car just as it was exploding. And I'm, I'm not kidding, man. I really, I swung my arm all the way back and my brain was just like, don't, you're better than this. And if, if you cannot throw this controller now, you'll never throw a controller <laughs> because jumping back into the exploding train car was not only not what I wanted to do, but literally inputs that should be impossible for me to give to the game, right? It's not like, right. oh man, I totally pressed X. And they're like, nah, dude, you didn't press X. And I'm like, nah, dude, I totally pressed X. There is no button on the controller that is jump back up into the exploding train car. But I swear to God it happened. And I'm thinking now this must not have happened on stream because I definitely would have made a clip of this if I like, <laughs> I, I will try and find it if I can to prove that I'm not insane. But this, oh God, George, it was heartbreaking. It was just <laughs> utterly, utterly heartbreaking. But I did, well, I mean, it's, I did overcome. Well, especially because for, by, by your estimate, right, is that there was uh, 6.66 times 10 to the 240th. <laughs> Which, assuming that each one, <laughs> each one took you one second, right? That would be one point one one times ten to the two hundred thirty ninth minutes, uh, <laughs> also known as uh, oh, gee, this is not going down nearly fast enough. One point eight five times two hundred thirty seventh hours. Right? <laughs> well, let's run this to ground. Um, to to the two hundred thirty fifth days. Uh, 233rd years this is well longer than the universe has existed yeah and you so, have to do yeah. this in 60 seconds it's and you, very and you hard did it 15 times yes. like <laughs> the universe was born and destroyed more times than we can count <laughs> in the amount of time i mean dude that's because i mean i assume in some of these iterations you had to wait for goldeneye to exist in the universe and then play it for a period of time yes. i mean you, i'm very you're patient. The time lord i'm very patient yes. <laughs> clearly you or you have become as such over the eons <laughs> that you have now lived playing this game yes so all praise your one true time god <laughs> i mean even in the room of spirit and time you couldn't get this stuff accomplished but uh that was fun i like math numbers are fun <laughs> um so all that being said in your in your in your viewpoint did it hold up uh so this i'm I struggled with this in ways that I think are very unique to this game. Um, if all you were going to do is sit down and play the single player with an N64 controller and you have played modern shooters since you last played this game, then no, no, this game does not hold up and you will not enjoy it and it'll be terrible. If somehow you have not played any other games, but retained this muscle memory, then yeah, it'll probably hold up fine. But what I would actually recommend to people is uh, something that I, I have like a little trouble recommending, although I'm going to do it anyway, which is buy a real copy of this game. If you don't have it and then put it in a box and go download a hacked ROM that lets you either play with dual sticks or with a mouse and keyboard and enjoy the ever loving crap out of it. Because the the weird graphics and the sparsely populated world, like those things are 
very of their time, right? The low draw distance and the, the poly faces and everything like those things are very of their time, but none of them ruin the experience. And if you can play this with someone else, the deathmatch experience 100% held up. Absolutely. I don't even normally go out for these kinds of games and we were laughing ourselves stupid. Like it was so, oh, yeah. so fun. So, so damn fun. And that's really, I think that's really the crux of it is if you can play this with other people using modern controls, do it. Like do it, no question. If you are only going to play the single player and you're only going to use the old fashioned controls and you have played modern either keyboard and mouse or dual stick shooters since you played this as a kid, don't, don't do it. Like just let it live in your memory. Either pull it kicking and screaming into the future or let it live in your memory. But it's in this like the Schrodinger's superposition where I can't recommend it as is, but because the lift to get it to a playable state is so achievable. Yeah. Like, go, go play this with other people using modern controls. Cause it is fun as hell. Yeah. No, uh, I, I'm kind of in the same boat where it's like, if you have a means by which to, even, even if you use the N64 controller, but you can just remap the analog stick and the C buttons. I mean, you could reasonably play this with C, the C buttons being your WASD and the other one being your, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, like, it, it's it's doable. But, uh, but no, I mean, if you have a means by which to make the controls, even just, if that's it, if that's all you did, just make the controls modern controls, because you just, you don't know how much that screws you. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> until, until you're elbow deep into it. I mean, it would be literally like if somebody put a small electrode at the base of your skull and said, <laughs> every time you say the, like, the word A, right as in just a standalone a like uh like i need an apple right anything like that i'm going to give you an electric shock <laughs> you don't really notice how often you use just a standalone a in a sentence until that happens right until like all of a sudden everything just becomes unraveled on you um so yeah so i mean i don't even know how to put that on our ranking system of like does it require nostalgia goggles to play? Yes, unless you're literally doing this one corrective LASIK procedure, in which case you can throw those nostalgia goggles away because it's a great game. But if you can't play it, would I recommend it without the, the redacted controls? Double O, no. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil Fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the end of a smile You realize again What you lost for a while You're gonna take back much less 